Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. Oh, I have a lot more to talk about than I normally would uh, without uh, without doing. I didn't do any stand-up this weekend. Um, I went to a 30th birthday party. Maybe the last... 30th birthday party I will go to for, I mean, that's not like my daughter's 30th birthday. That's weird to think about. I think this is my, my last like good enough friend that I would go to their 30th birthday, uh, to turn 30. (laughs) Also, maybe, maybe as things are going in my life, maybe my last friend, um, period. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. I have some silly personal drama to talk about. Um, please come see me do stand up by the way. I'm going to pull up my, uh, my calendar, hopefully, hopefully inconspicuously, but I'm, uh, I will be on on Sunday, I will be on Bainbridge Island with Gabriel Rutledge. Uh, September 8th, back with Gabriel Rutledge. The first show produced by me, The Return of Comedy to Airport Tavern in Tacoma. Please come check that out. It's going to be fucking awesome. It's a really cool, intimate venue. There's only 40 tickets. There's if you're If you're listening to this... It might be too late to get early bird tickets. You fucked up. I'm going to be doing shows there every single week. Please go to um, my link tree. Go to the Casey McLean on any social media. Find my link tree. At the top of my link tree, there should be an email list. I'm going to be sending for the headliner shows at Airport Tavern. I'm going to be sending special email list only ticket offers, just so you know. So come, come get those tickets. Uh, and then where am I at? I'll be, those are sold out. Oh, sorry. I'll be at a, at a town pub in Seattle on, uh, September 9th. And then I'm, I'll be at laughs comedy club, uh, auditioning to work for free in the future. So I don't know if it's an open mic or not. It might be an open mic. I'm auditioning at whatever show is happening that night. Uh, please don't come out to that. I mean, if you do it, if you want, I don't care if you live in the area, 
if you live in the area and you've ever seen me perform before, I'll probably be doing material that you've already seen. So Airport Tavern, every Wednesday, I will be hosting almost all those shows. Um, September 24th, Bremerton at Dog Days Brewing. I will be headlining that. October 7th, Muckleteo somewhere. I'm on a, on a showcase. And then at the end of October, uh, October 27th through 30th, I will be in Montana. I'm all over Montana, baby. Big Sky, Billings. Um, the other one, Bozeman, probably another city. Still finalizing uh, Bozeman and trying to find a show for the 29th. So if you're one of these people that's got a uh, a venue out there, hit me up for the 29th. i got to pause because for some reason my computer is making noise. All right, I'm back. I also have uh, I have some other annou- announcements that I'm not ready to make yet, but keep, uh, keep an eye out. I have another uh, big announcement coming soon. So truly just keep an eye out. You can't miss it when it comes. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, there is in the show notes, there's a, uh, like a, what do they call it? Like an anchor supporter or something like that. I do the podcast on anchor. And if you want to support the podcast on anchor, you can do that. It's the exact same product, but you could kick a cup, a couple bucks if you would like to. All right. I'm going to talk about exclusively non-serious stuff, and then I have some uh, personal, uninteresting drama to talk about that um, maybe people will find relatable, maybe they won't, but all right. Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor, both play for the New York Mets. They were giving, uh, out of their frustration with the fans for booing them, they were, they were giving a thumbs down gesture to the fans. Like after they hit a home run, they would give a thumbs down. The fans had booed at least Baez. I actually should have read the story closer. I think just Baez, but maybe also Lindor. And these two guys, this double play combo decided to start thumbs downing the fans. And I understand why people are upset about this if you're a Mets fan, but you gotta, what we gotta stop with, what we need to stop with is this shit where we just completely dehumanize athletes. Yes, these guys are absolute millionaires, but they came to the United States. I, I think, uh, is Lindor Puerto Rican? We can look this up. I think, I think, uh, let's see. Francisco Lindor is. Where are you from? Puerto Rico. What about Javi Baez? Javi Baez. Is he also Puerto Rican? Also Puerto Rican. So they didn't come to this country. They were from this country. But my point is, is these guys maybe don't speak perfect English. They uh, probably have spent a lot of their professional career feeling somewhat isolated. Then they go to this big city that's known for just absolutely shitting on the city that takes pride in ruining athletes' careers by being such assholes as fans, that is not an impressive trait, by the way. And I'm not a guy that thinks you should you should just support your the players on your team blindly. But that is not a positive trait of a city. That's not something to brag about, is that you make signings explicitly worse by fucking with the heads of the guys on your team. Why would you be proud of that? Why would you be proud of like being inhospitable to these guys 
who now your team has to overpay them because they have to deal with your fucking bullshit as a fan. Give me a break. You guys are dorks. You're all losers that, that feel that way. That's why, yeah, this is why sports are stupid. I love sports, but this is one of the reasons they're stupid. So a part of me, uh, a part of me certainly identifies with Lindor and Baez because fans can be annoying and miserable and you feel like an obligation to be politer to them than you would be politer, more polite to them than you would be to another another uh, person in your life. So, uh, but the Sandy Alders that came out and now Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor are apologizing and I'm sure they're not going to do it anymore. But I hope that, I hope that these fans realize that it's their fucking fault. That these guys, I mean, I'd be probably doing the same thing. This is why we all want fuck you money, right? Is to be able to say fuck you. And these guys got it. Cam Newton got released by the Patriots. Uh, he, he got released, and apparently part of the reason he got released is because of the vaccine. And I had some pretty good conversations this weekend. I went through the, this, the aforementioned 30th birthday, and we had some good conversations about stuff like the vaccine. None of us are epidemiologists or immunologists. Uh, I think one of the people at this party is like a big cabin in a Bend, Oregon. Nine people staying in a cabin in Bend, Oregon. And beautiful city, by the way. Love Bend, Oregon. Great beer scene. We had uh, good food the whole time. Very fun staying in Bend, Oregon. Um, I have a tough time with the vaccine mandates. We've talked about this on the podcast. I like, uh, I got the vaccine as early as I could. But I don't, I kind of identify with that thing where people are like, well, what, if you're vaccinated, why do you give a shit if I'm vaccinated? And I know there's breakthrough cases and I know that the chance of, by the way, the, the people hold up these, like people who are so immunocompromised that they can't get the vaccine. Um, those people as like the reason, and I think that those cases are, or that the vaccine isn't effective, I think is another Another reason, and I, I don't know what what part of the population that represents, but my suspicion, based on the fact that I've never seen it presented with any kind of quantifying statistics, is that it represents a very small part of the population. So I can identify with the people who are like, well, if you're vaccinated, why the fuck do you give a shit if I'm vaccinated? I can identify with those people. I got vaccinated. I'd love it if everyone got vaccinated because... We are, first off, I think that the, I think it's safe. I think the data suggests it's safe. The technology isn't like so, so, so new. It was, but it, what, it does seem like it's pretty expensive. And this is the first time we've ever been able to use it on a large scale. Um. Again, though, I'm not, a, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just reading what everyone else is fucking reading. And looking at stats, and maybe I can give a little bit of independent, uh, independent research on stats and independent analysis on stats that other people can't. But I don't know. Like I say this about the technology; it's just my best understanding, and I understand people being made uncomfortable by it. We also are seeing like the vaccine's working. People keep telling you the vaccine's not working. The vast, vast, vast majority of people in hospitals 
are vaccinated. Uh, so Cam Newton, the reason we get to this is that Cam Newton, part of the reason he was not kept by the Patriots is because he's unvaccinated. And it's it's interesting because we're also seeing like Kirk Cousins is not vaccinated. Carson Wentz, I think, just we're getting to find out who's not vaccinated because of which COVID protocol they go into. And Carson Wentz went into the one that I think suggests he's not vaccinated. I know Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson. No, what's his name? Josh Allen, the, the bills quarterback has been at least, I don't know if he got it or not, got the, the vaccine or not, but he's been at least publicly, uh, critical or whatever. Lamar Jackson, I think Ryan Tannehill, and I think one of we I was talking to some people about this this weekend, and one of the things that I think is obvious is that no matter where you fall politically, you you gotta agree that we've fucked this messaging on this vaccine up. And I I will give credit to the people I was with, by the way. We were talking about the vaccine, and they were talking about people being hesitant, and then I said. Well, what, these these are, of course, we're in the Pacific Northwest. These are all liberal folks. And I said, how would you feel about taking a medicine that Donald Trump mandated? And to their credit, they said, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't feel very comfortable about it, which is crazy because Donald Trump isn't a scientist. Joe Biden's not a scientist. And yet their involvement somehow makes people uncomfortable uh yeah the fact that conservatives i mean trump can't even push his own accomplishments that's that's the other thing too by the way and the way that the reason nobody trusts the media is like this is this dude's best accomplishment i mean as a liberal you should be able to look at getting a vaccine out for a global pandemic you know having playing a role um, laying out a ton of American money to get this vaccine created in a matter of a couple months, uh, that's got to be his best accomplishment. There's maybe some prison reform stuff that goes, that competes, but you got to give that, if, if, if you are, by the way, there's just like, I love that there's just going to be random electronic noises in the ba- background of this podcast. I'm I'm setting up for something, baby. We're gonna have an announcement. We're gonna have an announcement soon. Some new equipment, some new uh, space being used in this old podcast studio. Um, yeah, we fucked up the messaging. Is the point? But I do. It's also the other thing is all those guys I mentioned who are entering COVID protocol outside of Lamar Jackson are white guys. And then Cam Newton is, this is kind of an interesting, I hadn't thought about this until today, but as a backup quarterback, it might be more important that you're vaccinated because we could be facing, you could potentially see a situation like that Denver Broncos game where they had no quarterback. Who was it? What what was it? Was it Philip Lindsay? Did Philip Lindsay take the snaps? Is he still in Denver? Didn't they want to have like their their quarterbacks coach? Or, I mean, what a fucking mess. Okay, um, I think I'll save that for another podcast.
Now, let's see if I can let's see if I can pull off. I'm going to pause again, and we'll see if I can pull off some audio. Wizardry. All right. So, uh, the thing I was going to talk about, Mike Richards, the uh, was Mike Richards is this dude uh, who was was briefly named the host of Jeopardy, and he's been like an executive producer there for a long time. I'm going to play the clips because he got he's getting canceled um he's losing that job he lost his executive producer job <laughs> over these comments uh i'm gonna play them and then we'll talk about it this is from a i guess to source it from daily blast live so jeopardy is apologizing yet again this time mike richards is saying sorry for comments that have resurfaced from his podcast called the random show that ran from 2013 to 2014 richards is being accused of making comments where he degraded and slut-shamed women and stereotyped Jewish people. Right, the podcasts have been removed, but there is one clip where he's pressing his co-host about nude photos. Have a listen. Hey, let me ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever taken a nude picture? I'm not answering that question to you, Mike Richards. Answer it right now to your fans. <laughs> have not. you? I mean, I've, no, I haven't. Yes, you have. I have not, like, naked. I've taken, like, cute pictures of myself that I thought What does that mean? Cute. What does that know. mean? I thought I was, like, so cute. <laughs> Like pictures? What are we looking at? No, I don't do that. I don't do that. In the apology. Okay, so we can move. We can. You get the point. These are like. This is just like. This content is basically just like shitty morning zoo radio. Every morning show across the country. If if. The by the way, everybody that does a pot. There's so much so much shit out there that's worse than this. In fact, the thing that bothers me about this the most is this. Came to light because of uh, The Ringer, a podcast network. <clears throat> and I think, like, I, I assume there's, there's like, articles and stuff there also. Yeah, there is. Um, from Bill Simmons, created by Bill Simmons. I think it's now owned by Spotify or uh, Gimlet or something. Or, or, no, it must be Spotify. Something like that. Anyways, uh, founded by Bill Simmons. And the thing that's the most annoying about this is this wouldn't touch the surface of the shit Bill Simmons has contributed to. I believe Bill Simmons was a writer on The Man Show. He's a classic 90s masculine dude. He is not... Uh, so, of course, Bill Simmons isn't being asked to host Jeopardy. And also, if Bill Simmons was getting a new job somewhere, maybe... Maybe uh, somebody else would be digging into his past like this. It's possible. I mean, obviously, it's been a long time since Bill Simmons has been looking for work. But if this exists, if this is the standard, first off, why does anyone give so much of a fuck about Jeopardy? Nobody cares about Jeopardy. Nobody, I grew, everyone now all of a sudden claims to be a lifelong Jeopardy fan as though nobody else grew up with those people like hearing them not talk about Jeopardy. Um, so I don't care about this dude in specific, but it's one of these things where you're like, it's another one example of like 2013. And maybe he's like a toxic shit dude. He wanted, it's just, it's just the behind the scenes jobs, not to be a bootlicker, but the behind the scenes jobs to make successful TV especially daily shit like this, it seems impossible. Um, 
to do for a long time without. Maybe there's more. Maybe I'm missing part of the story. I, I suppose I did. I do think he like he said that there was a thing where he supposedly um, discriminated discriminated against a woman because she was pregnant. I have no idea. I don't know what the, I don't know what to feel on that, or to or, I don't know the details. But if it's just these comments, which have certainly been the thing that have gotten the biggest like media push. It's so embarrassing that we're like moralizing something that was eight years ago. That is it. That's like very commonly available, like as available as Jeopardy is in this country in different markets is also a morning zoo show doing this exact same thing. Pretty tame thing to get canceled over. All right. Now I want to talk about friendship. What a dramatic way to enter this conversation. Let me see. I'll play some. Let's see if we can get some dramatic piano music to go along with this. <laughs> Hang on. Let me. I'm trying. I'm on uh, Amazon Music. Dramatic. Come on. Dramatic piano. There we go. Dramatic piano music. I'll turn it down a little bit so that I can. Sad piano. <laughs> Friendship. How do I loop this? Oh, there we go. The Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast lost a fan this week. Not to death. Not to COVID-19. but to the perils of adult friendships. There's a dude that's been uh that's been a fan of my podcasts and comedy and I believe that he was the last early fan that still that still paid attention. There was a guy named uh, Joseph Muldoon who's like a 60-year-old guy that now is addicted to Pokemon Go. He doesn't listen to this, but he still is a a casual fan. There was another guy who I believe... I've been making stuff for a long time that people don't like. (laughs) I started writing for a website called Fantasy Football Jungle in 2007... And since then, I think that there's been nobody that's followed me all the way through. I think one guy read my website, made it to my first substantial podcast, which was called the Off Speed Podcast. And then he saw me do comedy for the first time uh, in, God, it had to be like 2000. 18. And we're moving on to a new song. I don't think it's the same sad song. That one, that one, that last one was better. What are we doing? No, maybe it is the same one. Okay. He saw me do comedy in like 2018, maybe 2019, right after my daughter had been born. I think it was before. 
very limited audience, like six people. Not the place that I would have chosen for him to see me do comedy for the first time. And since then, I think he lost 100% of the respect he had for comedy, period, after that show. I did not do as badly as some of the people on the show, but I did not do well. None of us did well. Doing well with the comedians on hand was not available to any of us. So I don't think that guy's a fan anymore. And now I actually realized this. This is how few fans I have. As I saw him post something and I was like, oh, I haven't heard from him in a while. When was the last time we like interacted on Twitter? And it was like a kind of maybe shitty interaction in uh, 2019. So there was one standing. I'm not going to say his name. He knows who he is. He might be listening to this. He's listened to a lot of podcasts of mine. More than he should have. More than any person should have. Very supportive fella. But it's no more. Uh, And I am being, I am joking about this. But I have so few fans that my biggest fan potentially had my phone number. (laughs) and I'm a grump I'm a fucking turd okay that's me it's not an act that I put on for social media or for comedy I'm a fucking grump and uh, I get annoyed by people I guess let's start about, let's talk about this 30th birthday first, because the 30th birthday was interesting. We went to Bend, Oregon with a friend of ours, nine people in a cabin in Bend, one of whom are my wife and I close with. Uh, We were one of, we were part of the nine. So there's seven other people. Got along fine. But as you become an adult, you don't have... I think this is the challenge of adult friendships is you start losing, you're running out of bandwidth as an adult. And I'm not talking about the length of your life. I'm talking about, I have a kid, I have a job, I have a secondary career comedy that I'm pursuing. I'm trying to be, to do podcasts. I'm, uh, smoking meat. I'm trying to be a dad. Like this, I'm trying to be a partner, a husband, a friend to, to people who've been in my life for years. And then a friend to comedians who I haven't known for nearly as long. And I think what happens sometimes as an adult is that what I have to offer in a friendship right now is very little. And luckily, comics have so much narcissism that they need very little from a friendship usually because they're able to somehow make themselves they're they're so focused on themselves that they don't need constant attention from a friendship so I don't have by the way the other thing about comics is most of them the ones that I like they're not so sensitive that if you tell them if you say something kind of harsh 
to indicate like, hey, I'm doing you a favor <laughs> by continuing this conversation. They, uh, maybe they get mad at me sometimes. But I will sometimes, <laughs> but comics you can be pretty harsh with. And they understand. This friend of mine, this fan of mine, both friend and fan, my instinct was that he was not a guy that could handle that kind of harshness. And he's been, like I said, he's been very supportive over the years. He's promoted everything that I've been involved with as much as he could. Um, very good guy. Ends up with my phone number. He didn't, he didn't, I gave it to him. It's not like there was no mysterious, uh, no mysterious reason that he had my phone number, but he texted me a lot more than maybe anybody that I know, including my wife. And I know people text. I'm not a, I'm a grump. I've mentioned this already. I'm a grump. I don't like. I don't need constant communication. I have a couple of people that I talk to almost every day, but it's on a very much like, as you can get to it terms. There's no, there's no urgency. There's no, um, we're not just like texting to keep the conversation going. You know what I mean? And so this friend, this fan, has texted me a lot about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that I would have had a comic texted me about it. I would have told him um, to fuck off. I don't have time for this. But I like this guy. And my suspicion was he wasn't going to be able to handle a reprimand of any kind. And so, like, I would, you know, he kept sending me joke ideas. Like, for hours at a time, he's texting me joke ideas. I don't accept joke ideas from comedians. I would tell a comic to fuck off. Or make fun of them for suggesting a joke idea. He would send me, uh... He would tell me, like, I got to market myself better and talk to me about, like, branding and stuff. This guy is not a marketing person. But again, I would try to answer politely to decline politely. I'm sure it was frustrating because this person has good intentions. But I've part of this part of this trip to Bend. I I was around some people who I like. I'll make that clear. I like them, but I I believe there was a lot of performative liberalism happening. And if you're the if you're a person who was on that trip and you were listen and you're listening to this right now, I don't. <laughs> there was actually a thing where I called it out as an example, and I didn't mean to make it like awkward. That's not what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people out there who are like trying to signal their virtue. And, and among comics, a lot of us are not signaling virtue. A lot of us are signaling the very opposite of virtue. And so I have not been around these people, these types of people for m that long 
really maybe ever in my life. And um, <laughs> the music makes this so much more fun. <laughs> The pause, it's, did he lose what is, did he lose his thought or is, is there a dramatic, is he going to start crying? <laughs> um, so yeah, I would hear, I would listen to like, you know, I would allow this person to give me, to say their piece on whether or not I was marketing myself correctly. Oh yes, I, this is what this is where I was at. I learned. I, I got a. I heard somebody t say mansplaining, unironically, in person for the first time. And I do think that's a thing, by the way. Uh, but I just am not around people who are like have to talk about it. And I've realized a couple things in the last couple years that I do think is annoying that I believe are predominantly male traits which are the telling people to smile thing is absolutely infuriating I understand any woman that's upset about that and then the thing that dudes do that's so annoying is they will say they don't say like oh you should do this have you done this they just tell you to do something and I first off I have a real trigger of being treated like a child when I am an adult because I am a real adult. Though I may go do a silly thing many nights, I am a real adult, responsible, retirement account, um, mortgage, decent credit. I have a trigger. But I think it's rude. I don't think it's like an unwarranted trigger. I think it's rude. I think maybe my reaction to it is a little more severe than some people, but I stand by thinking that it's rude. When dudes will say like, so th here's the, here's the thing that happened is, or here is a thing that happens. This person would be like, Hey, check in on so-and-so see why they, if they're doing their podcast still. And I would say, no, I'm not going to check in on so-and-so to see if they're doing their podcast still. You're welcome to check in on them. Also, this person, for the for the reasons that they are using social media, might be trying to get a little bit of a scoop on why somebody's quitting their podcast. And also, they would suggest guests, and they would suggest segments, suggest new punchlines for jokes, suggest, and, and, uh, and I think, like, it's been beneficial in the past at times, but more often, it's like, first off, a lot of the time when you come up with something to tell a person to do, to tell them to do, they've already thought of that thing. A lot of times when you get like a joke recommendation, a punchline recommendation, I've already tried that shit on stage. I know it doesn't work. You haven't tried it on stage. That's why you think it might work, but I have tried it. It doesn't work. But what happened this time is my friends at Wingman Brewers, um, shout out to Wingman Brewers, some of the best folks in, uh, in, uh, some of the best folks in 
all of craft beer. The place, one of the first craft breweries in Tacoma that I went to, I went in there very early in their operations. I've seen them grow. I nearly invested some of my own money. I've become very good friends with one of the owners who lives very close to me. Um, he's one of the people that I talk to on a nearly daily basis. Wingman Brewer. Now this is now the music is making this actually sad. Uh, Wingman Brewers announced that they were going to cease operations. Which this podcast will probably come out on September 1st. They're done September 3rd. So if you can, if you want to support some great people in craft beer, go to Wingman Brewers in Tacoma. Um, they also own a, a restaurant called Little Radio. And it's unclear to me, by the way, I don't know what their plan is because I know that the brewery tap room's closing, but I don't know what's happening after that. I also know that like, this is a project. This brewery's 10 years old. This has been the guy that I'm friends with. It's been his only job for 10 years. Um, a job of passion, a job of great stress and, accomplishment and failure in this case failure that's caused by an externality that nobody nobody could have predicted would have this kind of impact on business and so i knew about it i sent him a text uh, uh compassionate and what's that word um like a condolence text about the brewery because I'm I know that this had to be a very difficult decision and it's certainly a very difficult time for him and uh, this dude this friend decided this was the appropriate time to send me a text send me a text about it and then start quizzing me grilling me for information about what the next step steps for the brewery were, what the next steps for my friend are, uh, what, what will he be doing with his time? When will he be brewing next? Like all of this stuff that is very insensitive. And I do not mean insensitive by the way, in the, in the, I mean it in like the literal definition we've, we've allowed insensitive to mean, Offensive, which is not what I mean. It's not offensive, but it is insensitive. It's my friend is going through probably the, the hardest stretch of his life right now. He's watching a business that 18 months ago was thriving and expanding crumble uh, to some degree. A business that's been community focused and has housed, you know, many important local things and it housed live music and my comedy shows to a much less important degree and employed local people employed uh uh is partially minority owned employed uh minority local minority citizens is has uh every year has had a, a or not every year but it's uh the most recent years they have had 
uh, women on the brewing staff and have made, um, you know, beers for, what's that? Oh man. Pink Boots Society, I think is what it's called. They've made beers that benefit female-focused causes. It's a good place. It's a, you know, a pillar of the community. It's very sad this place is going away. And then all this stuff is going on. He's grilling me about it. And I'm like, no, this is very sensitive. This time is very sensitive. And he goes, oh. Ask him to go get a beer. Go on a walk. Get his mind off of it. First off, already planned. I don't need instructions on how to be a friend. I mean, maybe this person could argue that I need instructions on how to be a friend because I was being a little bit of a dick in our text conversation. Maybe this person does think that I need instructions on how to be a friend. Also, I did send a, a text back to this person to... They unfollowed me on all social media. That's what we're getting to, which is a very funny... Uh, this is... I. By the way, it sounds like I was pretty right on the unwilling to or unable to accept a reprimand or accept a uh any disagreement my instincts dead on not vindicating completely but somewhat vindicating but i don't need instructions on how to be kind to a friend um yeah i already have Prior to this this happening, I have plans with this buddy. Maybe we'll talk about the maybe we'll talk about the future of the brewery, but probably not. I don't I don't listen, he's been very forthcoming with information for me. I want to be there to support any one of my friends. Um as much as I can. And again, this is like this is what I'm talking about is you you only have so much to give. It's not like this guy and I are every day falling asleep on the phone together. We don't have that kind of relationship. We don't, neither of us need that. If we had a need imbalance, if that's what he needed out of this, or probably early on when I was asking annoying questions about owning a brewery, I was probably asking for more than he had to offer out of a friendship. But now we have like a, you know, there's like an equilibrium in, in need and availability. And so, uh, uh, this, this is just what I'll say is, um, I said this on Twitter, but I'll say it here. Now that every single one of my early fans has unfollowed me in some form, and there haven't been many fans to do this, but now that that's the case, I have nobody to sell out from. I'm going straight prop comedy, everybody. I'm doing. I'm stealing Carrot Top's act. I have nobody left that knows me as the artist I was at the beginning. <laughs> no, it stinks. It stinks because, uh, like I said, and I don't want. I'm. By the way, I've probably given enough information to that people could go figure out who this person was. And I'm also petty myself because they unfollowed me on social media, and then I uh, blocked them because uh, I don't allow. This is like my spanking of a child. I don't want to reward good behavior by allowing someone to continue to read what I'm saying, the jokes I'm making, 
to enjoy my wonderful internet presence without following me to be able to do this like very childish internet thing and uh i also told that person thank you via text uh, like i said there's a very good chance they'll hear this um and i do mean it i like uh you know and you, if you are listening like you know you know like you've done a lot of great things to to support me and many other local comics it's not the thing that sucks about all this is uh, I felt like it came out of like a little bit out of nowhere. And it's like almost no other comic my, is, in my estimation is texting with this dude that much. But because I put myself out and like maybe, maybe uh, didn't set strong enough boundaries, suddenly like I'm fucking unfollowed and we're like angry at each other. No, that's silly. This dude and any of you. Uh, I appreciate any of the any of the support stuff that people do. I appreciate buying tickets to shows and and retweeting shit and telling people about the podcast and all that. Uh, yeah, that's all great. Um, and sometimes, you know, you got to take a break from someone as a as a friend or as a fan or whatever, and that's also okay. It's uh, probably the last time I'll ever let somebody that likes. Uh, my podcast have my phone number <laughs> because I have, I, by the way, that just like I had to, to, I had to mute this person on my phone so that I wasn't just constantly getting notifications. Uh, also had to do that for the group chat for that 30th birthday party because it was almost exclusively teachers in that group. And one thing about teachers in the summer, they don't have shit to do, but text each other. And I was just, it was just a cascade of, of an avalanche of notifications for me. So anyway, thank you for all the years. You know who you are. It's been, uh, it's been real. It's been a pleasure. I actually have, I did enjoy it for most of the time. And, uh, for like, you know, this is your welcome to quit listening to this podcast too. I'm making the fucking shit. The podcast is called Nobody Likes Me. And this is the thing. This is the reason. How many, how many fucking friendships do I have to end via the internet to have people get the fucking hint? Uh, yeah, man, I'm a fucking grump. That's it. And uh, I get it. I get that I can be, uh, difficult. My wife's a fucking saint for putting up with me for this long. Because, yeah, I can be fucking difficult. Ask anybody that I'm still friends with. And I can be fucking difficult. Um, <laughs> did I really do? I really did like 20 minutes with the fucking sad piano loop. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, please follow your local influencers. Don't go. If you know who this person is, don't, you know, we don't need to fucking attack them. They're good people. And. No, uh, no need to, to make the situation any worse, but it is, it has been an interesting weekend to think about, um, about adult friendships. And anyway, thank you for listening to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. I am Casey McLean and I will talk to you next week.